welcome to the Successful Collective podcast with me, Jules Duncan. And myself, Marisa Devlin, talking all things women in business. If you want to find out more, then hit the subscribe button or reach out to us on the Successful Collective on Instagram. Marisa, as always, I'm going to start and ask you, what are you grateful for today? This morning, I am grateful, and you're going to love this one, Jules, and it's because it caught my eye just before we came on, but I am grateful for stationery. Who doesn't love having the most beautiful journals and beautiful notepads to write in when they're in business? It's an absolute, of all the business essentials, new (laughs) stationery is one of them. That's a must. (laughs) None of this cash flow nonsense, get your stationery sorted. I mean, I do have lots of lovely notepads and journals and all the rest of it that have not yet been opened, but Great. they look absolutely fabulous. But I, I've i got a particular way that I work through them all, so they do all get used eventually. So what about you, Jules? What are you grateful for? I am grateful for branding, right? And I'm going to tell you how I got to this. As the listeners of this podcast probably know, you and I are massive fans of Peloton and we're very much a part of the Peloton community and we just love it. But the reason we have Pelotons is because they're of their brand. And that's not, like we've explained many times, it's not their logo. Because in all honesty, their logo is not that great when I look at it. Like it's nothing eye catch. It's the wheel of a bike and it's, yeah, there's nothing special about it. So actually the logo doesn't entice me in but the brand of peloton and everything they stand for and how they communicate is what did bring us in and i'm very grateful for it because it was an absolute investment and i just absolutely love it so i'm very grateful for peloton being so good at their branding that made me buy one i have to second that as you know we should we keep saying that we should be their brand ambassadors yeah, so far they're not this very nicely into today's topic. So we are going to be to- talking about how you create a must-have brand. Yes. So I think this is the most common thing that when we talk about brand, people automatically go to branding, which is like your logo, your colours, mm. your font, all of this, which for a lot of people, they could learn tons about that as well because... I think people don't realise that the font you use matters. For example, all like financial IT type institutions will all use like a serif based font. Banks, if you think of them and financial institutions, all tend to be blue because it says stability and it says trust. Gyms and health clubs, a lot of them are green because it says health and renewing and regrowth. All fast food places are red and yellow because it says speed and urgency but also says friendliness so that's your branding and while it's important it doesn't create your brand your brand is so much bigger and it's what jeff bezos the owner of amazon like anybody doesn't know who jeff bezos is but the owner of amazon said your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room And that's what it is. How do you want to be perceived? How do you want to be thought of? What do you want to be the go-to person for? That's your brand, not your logo and the colours you use. Yes, no. And I think that lots of people actually get confused by that. And their kind of go-to thing when they think about brand is, 
oh, what does the logo look like? The brand of a business is massive and it is actually so, so important. And one of the things for me is that if you think about a brand and you think about strong brands, they and actually you've mentioned Peloton, so what strong brands do very, very well is they build a reputation over time. Mm-hmm. So what then happens as a direct result of that is that customers are much more likely to trust and choose a brand that they recognize and that they perceive to be reliable. Mm-hmm. And also what then happens is that translates into, as you can imagine, it translates into sales. And also that people are clearly more likely to buy a product or a service from a brand that they trust. Yeah, and that's why people go for brand names of things. So this is why, although Aldi beans, for example, might be just as good, people still buy Heinz because they're just so used to it. And Heinz have been consistent. They've been there. They've been part of the family for years. And that is why people still pay more for not necessarily a different product. They're paying for the brand and the trust and the consistency they know they'll get from that product. And consistency is actually such a big, big part of it. And the direct correlation between that consistent message from any big brand is that, as you and I both know, it increases customer loyalty immediately. And a lot of that is based on customers consistently having a positive experience with that brand. And then what happens is, immediately they or not immediately but through a period of time they build that sense of loyalty sense of trust so as you've said if Aldi come out with the beans but because Heinz have got that or Heinz as Roisin calls them don't know where she's getting money from Heinz are needing to do some more advertising um but that loyalty leads to repeat purchases and obviously continues to drive sales and revenue growth which can be seen um, across all of these types of brands and I think the other thing as well is you know it's quite often in business people are scared to talk about pricing but if you have got a strong brand then also when that brand is perceived as valuable and trustworthy then actually that's where you can look at having a different level of pricing. Now, we were chatting to someone yesterday and that's exactly what we were talking about. We were saying, please don't go in and try and undercut. Please don't go in and lowball on pricing. But see if you really and truly get your brand right, then you can seriously think about premium pricing as well, which inevitably increases your revenue. And also, I think probably everyone that listens to this podcast is a small business. No one generally that listens to this podcast podcast runs like a large corporation. Very, very few small businesses can compete on price. Like, it's just not, you can compete on service, you can compete on customer experience. But as a small business, you don't have the economies of scale to be the cheapest in the market. And I think that's something really important for people is part of your brand that you want to be the cheapest or do you want to be the best? And actually customers will pay more for the best. So actually think about how you're conveying your message and what do you want your brand to be? Do you want your brand to be the cheapest brand? So for example, that's what Aldi and Lidl compete on. It's price that they're going to be cheaper. Marks and Spencers don't compete on price. Marks and Spencers and your Sainsbury's and Ocado's and all this, they compete on 
their quality and the product you're going to get and the experience you get in store. So I think that's really worth thinking about in terms of price. How do you want your brand to be identified? Because people won't always go for the cheapest no. option. I mean, I'll go for, personally for me, I'll go for the one that's the least amount of work for me. So the thing that's going to make my life the easiest and that in my buying decision-making process, ease of getting the product and using the service is probably higher for me than prices. So I go to brands who are easy to use, like Amazon. Simple, next, so simple to use. Whereas if you order stuff from Wish or from Shine, Sheen, Shine? I wonder how I wonder how Roisin pronounces it. Oh, who knows? After she comes in from school. But if I go to like Wish or Shine, Sheen, whatever, if I go to them, they're competing on price, but I'm not getting that the next day. Returns aren't easy. They're not just picking it up and dropping it back at my door. Whereas Next will. So I'm more likely to buy something a wee bit more expensive from Next because their brand is about service. It's about next day delivery. It's about making your customer experience seamless and as easy as it can possibly be. Now, I'm really disappointed. I have to cut in here and say I'm so disappointed that you don't think that the CEO of Heinz is listening to her podcast. <laughs> and it's just small business. It's just small business owners. Anyway. The, the yeah, head of Coca-Cola doesn't tune in. And I think something that we do pretty well um, and have done over the years in business is we are very good at telling the brand story mm-hmm. and so many businesses nowadays I'm working with one business at the moment actually and every time I speak to them I'm saying but nobody knows who this business is about and it's so important to have a compelling something that gives you a hook so a compelling brand story that actually connects you with your target audience. And for me, that connection is also about connecting on an emotional level. Something that we talk about about your brand and I rave about about your brand is that you are on the journey. And through all of your communication, you emotionally connect with your customers because you are on the same journey as your clients. And so... It's so important when you're thinking about branding to communicate the why behind your business and how, as you've just said, because you've just said you go to places that make your life easier. So how does your brand solve a problem and how does it fulfill whatever your customer needs? And actually packaging that story so that you can interact and engage with your audience is also really, really important. And nowadays, as you well know, because you are the queen of this, but nowadays, Telling that story is so easy because it's at your fingertips across social media channels. It's so easy to do. If I think back to 2006 when we opened the nurseries, we were pounding the streets with leaflets. I was that person with some of my team. Bernie was doing it as well. You didn't have social media to drive that. So nowadays, the ability to share your story about your brand is so much easier. So use it as best you possibly can. Yeah, and that's the thing, like on, I mean, stories on Instagram are the absolute best way to do it because you can tell people what your daily life is like, what obstacles you're covering in a day, how you solve them, and they can then build such a level of trust with you and your brand that when there's two products that do the same thing, that solve the same problem, that are maybe even the same price, 
that all other factors are the same, why does someone choose you over somewhere else? It's your brand, it's your story, it's how you have built up no like and trust. And it's the way they identify with you and your brand values most likely. It's the way they identify with you and your brand versus another. Which actually then something that you and I talk about quite all quite often as well as the on authenticity behind all of that. And it's you know, to be across social media, you have to step out of your comfort zone for most people. Most people that does not come naturally to. And so therefore I think the key to building up that trust with your audience is about being genuine, it's about being honest, and it's about if you're promising something for your product, for your clients, then you have to stick to that product. So you really need to be as authentic as you can. And also don't mislead people or create false claims that actually through a period of time is going to damage your brand. And that's really, really important as well because you do not want to sell something across social media that in the reality is not the case. I suppose it's all of that like Instagram versus reality thing. As well as the product, don't try and make you, your story, your journey look different than it really is. I mean, absolutely nobody is going to share on social media. Absolutely every in and out and every struggle they've got. That's just not life. But, for example, in fitness, I don't portray that I have absolutely got it all together and that, oh, I never miss a workout and my food's all prepped and, oh, I'm always perfectly hydrated and I never miss any sleep. Never. Because that's just not real life. I make an attempt to do all of these things and I've tried my best with it. But you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't happen and that's okay. I'm not expecting perfection of any of my clients. Therefore, I don't try and portray it of myself either. So I think being authentically you rather than the version you think you need to portray in public and on social media makes a big, big difference. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that then, we mentioned it earlier, if you then think about the emotions within your brand and think about how does your brand evoke emotions with your customers and that lets you connect in such a way that whatever your, whatever story about your brand that you're telling, that will resonate with potential customers. It will resonate, and this is something, again, this is all about you today, Jules. This is something, again, that you do very well. Your stories and experiences and actually your aspirations. You know, quite often you'll do posts about, you know, here's my fitness um, journey today and you even do, you even add in, and here's the music I'm listening to, the tune of the day and everything. And by doing that, you tell a story that resonates with other people's experiences and also their aspirational aspirations. So it becomes very aspirational and that works really well as well. And I think people listen to this and be like, oh, wait a minute, I've got my logo and all that done. I thought that was me. I thought that was my branding. And actually getting yourself a graphic designer coming up with a fabulous looking logo and some fabulous branding, yes, very much does help portray who your business is. It does tell a story about your business and it does make you look more professional. And a lot of people will stop there and thought, that's me built my brand. The other part of it, the sharing your message, the telling your story, the connecting with customers, building no like and trust is much harder 
to do. And I think probably a lot of people listening to this will be like, right, I get what you're saying, but how in the heck do you actually do that? How do I get my message across? How do I share this without sharing the private ins and outs of my life? Because when we say share your story, let people get to know you and share your personality and who you are, you don't have to tell people the ins and outs of your life. Like, oh, I've got this much in my bank and I don't talk to my brother and all of this kind of stuff. Do you know I mean, it doesn't have to be your private life but people have to know who you are in order to connect with you as a person, as a brand. And that is completely what our six-week brand building challenge is all about. We are going to teach people how to convey your message, how to build a brand that people connect with, that they buy into, that they identify as being like them and the brand that suits them and can help them versus another product that does the same thing. Yeah, and effectively what we're going to look at is defining the purpose of your own brand beyond making profit and looking at exactly why your brand exists, how it adds value to people's life and really creating that foundation of your brand story and that kind of emotive link with your customers. So this week I had a call with absolutely amazing coach and what she said was, I've just kind of lost my way a wee bit and I'm not really sharing my message. So we had a big conversation, we were on Zoom, we had a big conversation, very similar to the type of chats that we are going to have in our six-week brand building challenge. So obviously we've got Zoom sessions built into that. We're going to have a WhatsApp group so that we can stay in contact with everyone during the week. We can help answer people's questions as they come up because you'll think of things as we go through this process. And the conversation we had was all about getting her reconnected with her message. All the ins and outs of the conversation, and at the end of it, she was like, right, I know where I am now. And she was much happier then to go and start sharing her message again because she had reconnected with what her brand stood for, who it helped, why she did it, and the impact that she could have. And that is so, so important. You need to get to a point that you are so unbelievably excited about your product or service and what impact that can have for people and sharing that message effectively so that others get just as excited about it and buy into the brand. And I think the key thing as well is we've had a few questions about our branding challenge that's coming up, asking about where people are in their business journey. So whilst it will suit people that are starting out, it's also going to be absolutely fantastic for people that are maybe three to five years, whatever stage in their journey, because see the key thing about branding as well is you also have to continuously refine and evolve. Your yeah. brand story should actually evolve as your business grows and adapts. So that kind of aspect of evaluating on a regular basis to redefine your brand story is also really relevant as well and will be relevant within our branding challenge. Yeah, so even if you haven't started in business yet, you want to get a foundation set to build that brand from day zero. Or if you've been in business for a couple of years and you think, actually, I would like something to reignite that fire of being absolutely excited about this brand again. Or even if you've got all of your branding done, you're perfectly happy with your marketing materials. So your colors, your fonts, your logos, brilliant. You will still learn 
so much about how to use those tools in your business to appeal to your ideal customer and get those conversations started with the people that you set out to help. If you would like a wee bit more info on our six-week brand building challenge, we start the first week in November. We're going to have a weekly Zoom where we will chat through a different topic each week. You'll then have a workbook to go and work through so that you can take this topic and look at it in terms of your business. How can this help you? How do you use it? How do you apply that specifically to you and the brand that you're trying to build? Marisa and I and the whole rest of the brand building team will be there through the whole six weeks with you. We're going to finish this year so that you are absolutely certain on what your brand is, who it's for, how to convey your message so that you start 2024 in the strongest position you can to have your most successful year in business ever. If you would like a wee bit more information on the six-week brand building challenge, reach out to us on social media at The Successful Collective. 